Because it is Thursday and we are getting it going here with some pro wrestling punditry. It is me, your host, the managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, joined here as I am every Thursday by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkley. Good day, Nicholas. It's Thursday. I'm feeling frisky. I'm feeling good. A lot of good work done this week on the site. We are on uh, the road to Stomping Ground this Sunday. Very exciting. We are uh, on the road to Fighter Fest next weekend. We've also got Best in the World next weekend from Ring of Honor. That's going to be on Friday. There's a lot of wrestling coming up here at the, at the end of June. There is uh, a lot of wrestling in June. There's going to be a lot of wrestling in August. Uh, and then this fall, there's going to be a lot of wrestling this fall. So it's... Uh, uh, what a great time to be alive. Not even mentioning all the New Japan stuff going on right now as the G1 is heating up. It's very, very exciting time. I was watching Access TV this morning, as I was telling you just before we got on. I was watching Tom Petty live from Gatorville. Fantastic. Go find it. I, I'm one of the people that actually watches Access TV for the concerts. They're wonderful. Um, but during it, they cut to commercial, and they had a com- there was a commercial for the G1 Live from Dallas. They were really promoting this thing on Access TV. I was so happy. It was my two favorite things. I was like, pro wrestling, Tom Petty, live from Gatorville, right here, both together. I totally, totally can peg you as a Tom Petty fan. Mm. Man, I, uh, I watch King of the Hill multiple times a week still, and it's been off the air for several weeks or several years now. And uh, the thing about that show, are you a big King of the Hill person or no? I've never seen it. You've never seen King of the Hill. Okay, well, here's a maybe this will be a little tidbit that'll hook you a bit. Later seasons, not in the first half, maybe even the last third, there's a character named Lucky uh, that is Luann's boyfriend. He is voiced by Tom Petty. Really? Yep. Tom Petty was a character on King of the Hill. His name's Lucky, and it's jarring for me because he sings one way and he sounds like Tom Petty, but when he's just talking in between songs, I'm like, oh my God, it's Lucky. He's just talking to me. He's a real person. It's kind of like Ringo Starr being Mr. Conductor and uh, uh, Shiny Time Station for all you uh, late '80s people. <laughs> okay, yeah, didn't really didn't. I mean, I think when I was younger, I maybe saw a couple of those episodes in school, but no, this is a different thing. King of the Hill, go check it out. I hope that that grabbed you. Uh, we got a lot to get to here today. Uh, news of the day, um, but before we get to that, a, a couple sad items uh, to to start it off. Uh, we're gonna send some condolences out first to the family and friends of British wrestling star uh, Adrian McCollum, a.k.a. Lionheart, who passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 36. Not much young, not much older than us, Justin. Um, he was the reigning ICW champion when he passed. Uh, he had defeated Jackie Polo for the title at ICW's Fear and Loathing 11 last December. He also worked matches for, for TNA and WWE when they were in the U.K. and had uh, competed for the Ring of Honor World Championship in 2008. Uh, I haven't seen anything about the cause of death or anything like that, but uh, this one sent shockwaves. I know through the the industry, I got a lot of emails about this one, and I think it's I think in this case it's just the age. I mean, so young here, thirty six, still very much in the prime of his career. Yeah, thirty six. That's that's uh, that is jarring, and um, you know until the until it comes out, I'm not going to speculate what it was, but but regardless, no matter thirty six, it's just it's just terrible. Um, also, want to send out our condolences right now uh, to Andrade. Uh, coming off of the passing of his mother last week, uh, he is now also dealing with the passing of his aunt, who we mentioned on Twitter yesterday. So uh, to everyone involved, to all the families and friends, 
uh, our thoughts are with you today, and uh, you know we wish you uh, wish you uh, the best in this time of grieving, I guess. Um, but uh, here we go on to the show, the Winkly. Let's get to it here. Uh, we do have some news here. We're going to chat about from the last twenty four hours, but we've also got some interviews later in the show. Uh, right after the news block, you're going to first hear the interview I did with Michael Elgin. From Impact Wrestling, uh, he's going to be challenging for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship at Slammiversary, taking on the machine, Brian Cage, who is, of course, married to our second guest here on the show today. Our own Scott Fishman had a chance to sit down with Melissa Santos. So on the show here today, you're going to get to hear from Elgin and Santos, a little primer to get you jacked up here for Slammiversary, which isn't the end of June, but it's here at the top of July um, alongside the, the G1 uh, Climax show in Dallas. So, again, popping time here right now in pro wrestling, Justin. The Winkley really is the daily one. Well, almost, I mean, you know, it's not every day, but we're close to it. The, the Winkley really is the place if you want, like, fresh interviews every day. It's, it's quite, it, it really is quite amazing the amount of content that, that's of interviews that's, that's pushed out uh, each week. They, from all, there. they all get written up, and they all go on the site. You know, I thought about it the yesterday because, Justin, we both, you know, you've been in this game a, a little longer than I have. Um, but, uh, I was, I was like, how many page clicks do you think you're responsible for? And I was like, at least a million. I was like a hundred million. I was, you know, what? I think, I think I could at this point reasonably say my interviews with the transcriptions and everything, maybe a billion page clicks for all of the, the interviews I've done over the years. I don't think that's inaccurate to say. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, when I was at the, when I was in my prime of, of doing what you do now in terms of news every day and, 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 you know, pumping out interviews each week, I, yeah, you sit back and you, and you actually, if you actually, you know, if you actually take it all in, it's quite, it's quite amazing. And, and it's also a testament to the wrestling crowd where even while, yes, there might be uh, as a whole, less people watching pro wrestling than there was 20 years ago, they are, there's no shortage of them consuming it mm-hmm. um, in terms of, you know, the, the volume of what of which they will seek out uh, content for it. Yeah, so I, I'm glad you guys are all enjoying it. The Winkly is uh, very much so. We're on the upswing here. More listenership, a lot more responses from you guys on, on social media, nice messages, things like that. Um, but more importantly, yeah, I'm glad you bring that up, Justin. We're just trying to keep you informed, right? We are the daily news show. We talk the news of the day. Always like to bring you fun, uh, cool interviews, and I have no doubt you guys are going to enjoy the Michael Elgin and Melissa Santos interviews uh, coming up here later in the show. And with that, let's get to some news you can use, news that'll leave a bruise, and uh, we're going to start with ratings. Now, this week's SmackDown drew an average of 1.859 million viewers. It's down slightly from last week, uh, about 3, 3.7%, uh, which did 1.93 last week. This is the third lowest SmackDown audience for a non-holiday First run episode in history. Raw was, by the way, uh, slightly up uh, from the week before at five percent. Uh, um, in comparison, when you hear these numbers, America's Got Talent was the most watched show on uh, Tuesday night. They did over ten million viewers, so literally five times the amount of people that were watching SmackDown watching America's Got, America's Got Talent. Now, you know, a, a lot is made of the ratings. I know people that will say it's just, you know they don't even matter the ratings and things like that. But I, I wanted to start here just to kind of continue to put in perspective the uh uh the thread of how audiences are taking to the current wwe product i guess is that fair to say yeah i, I mean look the the ratings uh, the, i mean there is a an asterisk next to them and to an extent uh because of the evolution of of just being able to distribute uh you know programming you know and obviously you know, hulu and, and youtube and 
and in DVR and such. But I mean, it, it is it, it, it is fair to use it as a measure to say, OK, it, it is at least some indicator of was the programming, you know, what, what was it was it better or worse this week compared to the week prior and, and or compared to. Uh, the things it's competing um, against on, on on those given nights. I mean, it, this week's ratings made sense to me. Um, Raw was slightly up. Raw was a little bit better, and it also did not have to compete against. Um, the, you know, I think the week prior was the NBA right. in the finals. That's right. Um, and then SmackDown. You know, yeah, the SmackDown this past week felt a little eh. Not as much. Not as much to see. So I'm not surprised that it. Uh, um, it's all dip. So I mean, so I think it, I think the ratings movement. While you can while we can debate over the accuracies of okay was that exactly the amount of people that were watching no there's probably other people that did consume it in other in other in other ways it's still a fair measure still a fair barometer to take the temperature of the programming you know i wonder if this results in more creative inquiries from fox where they're like hey guys we we read the 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 sheets yesterday it seems like you know the audience isn't connecting here's here's some more ideas we have for you you know is this where we start to see more intervention from the broadcast platforms um it's gonna be really it's gonna be really uh i mean i think i mean i'm sure you're the same way i already kind of look forward to seeing what the ratings are each week because we're in such a such interesting times specifically with wwe but wait until they do move smackdown to fox i'm gonna be very interested to see okay what is the benchmark what is average what's normal what falls below normal what falls below expectations and again i mean you know if you're fox and you just you know you signed on for five years, I think it was, for ultimately a billion dollars in total. Like, I mean, that's a lot of money to then be seeing something take an immediate decline. Um, so, I, I mean, this is, again, we keep saying it. This fall is just going to be nuts to watch. Yeah, and, you know, uh, that's why I, I keep going back to Stompy Grounds this Sunday. Kofi's in that cage. What is what is it you do here, right? Like I, I gotta believe that Dolph is just not gonna. I don't think he can. He's gonna win this match. This is Kofi's time right now. So like, what is the hook? How do you come out of this show? And for me, it's still either it's like you got Brock in that cage with Kofi with the Money in the Bank, or you got Bray Wyatt Blackout uh, come up. Now you got uh, Bray in the ring with Kofi. But something's got to give here because I feel like uh, I feel like they got to make a big move to to do a big storyline on that show right now. Kofi's a great champion. But a champion is only as good as the person they're paired with. And, uh, you know, right now, I don't know who that person is for him. You would think so. But, you know, again, we analyze and we dig so deep in this. And, and I tweeted this the other night. And it actually, it's gotten, the, 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 uh, I don't know if you saw it, Nick. The, the, the tweet, it got a pretty good amount of shares and such. Um, amidst everybody, again, saying, you know, something's got to change in WWE. And, 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 and I basically tweeted, I said, look, you know, you gotta, we, and we got to remember, again, Vince McMahon has bet on himself for 30-plus years, yes. you know, gambled on Mania 1, gambled on Mania 3, beat the government, beat Ted Turner, took the company public. He's trained to follow his gut. The problem, So it's very hard to convince somebody that's had that much success that, that, that they, may need, they might need to do a real overhaul change. Um, you know, his gut might be out of touch, his gut, but it's, it's very hard to convince somebody who's had all that success betting on themselves. And, and who, by the way, no matter how you, you know, whether you classify it as shady or not, had the best revenue year ever last year. That's very, very hard to convince and say, look, there needs to be massive change. So while I'm with you, something needs to happen, you know, the solving grounds needs to go off the air with something big here. And, you know, obviously Kofi's a, 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 you know, that's a presents a, you know, a prime situation. Um, with the cage and all, I, I just I, I still don't know what level of 
if any, if of panic, Vince even detects, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and again, it's going to, I think, I think you're right. It's wait and see, wait and see here come October. You know, that's going to be when, you know, the rubber is going to hit the road. You'll have competition in the room. That's always been the big motivating factor historically for Vince and WWE, especially if competition can somehow take away from their bottom line in some way. Um, but yeah, you know, I, again, it's like, I don't typically start shows even this regularly because there's been several shows this, the past couple weeks i feel like we've done ratings at the top but because we are in this bubble right now where we're going into uh you know these these new television time slots and, and networks in october where you know there's more television people looking at these numbers than ever before you know these are gonna these these numbers here i feel like are going to at some point if they haven't already start to creatively affect the product you know i think we already actually you know you look at the 24 7 championship that was, I guess, an idea from USA. They stepped in here. Let's try this out. Let's go back to the old ways. You know, I, I don't know how much more of it we see, but, you know, that's an example there where Vince did bend a little bit to try something out that, that maybe wasn't his idea. Yeah, I think it was um, it was a couple weeks ago. I think it was maybe Ryan Satin. Um, I think it sounds about right. Somebody had, had posted a tweet, though, and it, it was, and it was two images. It was two, it was two screen grabs of a headline, and it, and it said, here's how the wrestling media looks at the current WWE ratings. Here's how TV people look. And one headline was from, I don't know if it was from us or who it was from, but it was, who, it was noting, I, I know who it was, but I'm not going to say. It's okay. Um, but you know, it was noting, you know, the, 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 the you know, noting the, the, the ratings in decline, noting the viewership, you they know, had not fallen you know, off a cliff, I believe is the right. one. Yes. They'd fallen off. Right. And then, and then, and then, and then there was a, then there was an outlet that covers the TV industry as a whole that kind of touted, look at, look, here's all the shows that WWE, beat on this given night um so it's it, i mean so who knows i mean it, you know tv wise i mean again you know we we we, we all you know pick on okay only two million only 2.5 million you know because we know there was once upon a time four or five six million people watching uh, on a given night but still being able to produce 52 weeks of tv and have two million people watching every week when you look at it from a tv perspective that's still pretty strong and most would give to have that so it's 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 very it's a, it's a very it's, it's interesting how you have to measure it yeah uh well you know again you know it's like I, I always go back to the interview i did with ddp a couple months ago where he said you know you look what happened when wcw launched and the, everyone said oh well wwe's ratings they're gonna get split in half and that's not what happened everybody's ratings went up so i'm still not so far convinced that you know AEW is not going to help. I don't think I, I think WWE will see a little bit of a bounce when we see some more competition in the room. Whether or not they react to it and change their product to try to get better ratings or whatever than the other one, time will tell. But I, I think everybody here is going to see a bump in October, at least uh, if if you know Tony. You know Tony. We referenced yesterday Tony Khan on the on Stone Cold Show, and, and Tony Khan said in that interview. Um, he, you know, he couldn't reveal yet the day, you know, he revealed to be live TV. He revealed to be two hours. He, he wouldn't yet say the day he said that they, but he already knows the day. It sounds like he just hasn't revealed it yet. I mean, what if, <laughs> what the F if they actually go head to head on Mondays? He, you know, but he's, he's gone on the record unless he's working everybody. The youngest, uh, the youngest worker in the business, the young, youngest billionaire worker in the business, because he's gone on the record and said, I don't I don't want to go head to head on Monday nights, you know, I, that. And then he's going head to head with what Monday night football. And he owns a football franchise like, well, you know, yeah, and that's and that's and, that, and that's probably more of what it is. It's probably not so much that he doesn't want to go head to head with it. It's probably it's probably he would be he would be uh, muddy, muddying up different business ventures of his and his family. So, yes. All right, but who knows? Right. Who knows? It's the Wild West. Anything can happen. Um, well, let's talk about uh, some some uh, ins and outs of the revolving door of, uh, revolving door of WWE. 
Uh, what bullets do they have in the chamber right now uh, as they uh, walk into October? Well, AJ Styles has been out here for a little bit for injury, uh, but it does look like he is set to return to the ring. Uh, WWE advertising Styles for next week's tour in Asia, starting with next Thursday's show in Singapore. Uh, Styles is then slated to, or Styles is slated to team with Triple H, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Uh, no, wait. I read this wrong. I skipped one thing. He is also scheduled for WWE shows from Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Japan, next Friday and Saturday. So Thursday, Singapore, Friday, Saturday, Japan. Got it. Uh, Styles is slated to team with Triple H, Gallows, Anderson to face Corbin, Lashley, McIntyre, Joe on Friday's show in Japan. And then the next night, he'll team with Rollins and Braun Strowman to face uh, McIntyre, Corbin, and Lashley. Uh, he, is now, he is also now advertised for Raw Live events following the tour in Asia. All right, so Styles has been gone here a little bit. They did a little tease here on Monday Night Raw backstage with him, Gallows, and Anderson. Uh, I believe Gallows and Anderson uh, still lost that night. Did they not? They didn't go out there, and, and the pep, pop, pep talk didn't get them going, did it? No, they lost. Yeah, they, yeah, they lost. Okay. Uh, also, that segment there uh, smacked of the time that Vince McMahon smacked AJ Styles. It was weird. It was like he was paying it forward. He's trying to do the same thing here. Uh, yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. Right? And that didn't go anywhere either. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that, you know, you got Triple H here with uh, AJ Gallows Anderson? Do you, do you think right now maybe they are entertaining the idea of uh, reuniting these guys, at least for the time being? No, I don't think so. I think this is um, this is just simply an isolated for the for, for these for these uh, international live events. I mean, it, 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 it screams the, the, the old fashioned formula of you, you don't have to give. You know, they're, they're, you know they're, they're putting they're putting all these you know eight man tags and six man tags as just a way to just stack as many names in one match to help uh, fill this fill the building. Uh, obviously, the history that you know Gallows, Anderson, and, and Styles have uh, in Japan uh, is, is plays plays right into it. Uh, that's all it is. You know, it's just pack. You know, I mean, not to say the matches won't be quality if you're there live, but it's not. You know, they're not putting you're not they're not putting the stress on on it to be one-on-one with styles versus somebody else. It's, you know, again, it's going to be, you know, kind of like your, your typical kind of like a dark match after a raw goes off the air taping here in the States. It's just going to be a way to put as many names, let, let the live crowd see as many guys as possible. Um, they all do their signature spots. Uh, they get their, they get their stuff in as we would say in the business and, and, and you go home and send them home happy. So I, I think that's all it is. I don't think, um, I, I still don't think styles and first me, I still don't think gals and Anderson are, uh, are with the company by uh, by the year's end. I don't uh, think they're still here. So. Uh, and then, thank you. You were, you answered my question. I was going to ask you if you thought Gallows and Anderson were on their way out. I also I get the vibe that they are, and I think that they're going to have a Moxley esque uh, promo session or podcast session uh, because they used to have their own podcast, Talking Shop, where uh, it will be very John Moxley reminiscent uh, when these two sit down and they are like, "Yeah, they knew we were leaving." Here are all the ridiculous things we were asked to do on WWE television. And I bet we are going to get each of those moments revisited with lots of behind the scenes details about conversations they had with writers and things like that. Um, well, it, you know, it, yeah, they probably will make the round. I mean, like, you know, I, it, trust me, uh, Jericho's podcast is going to be filled with interesting guests. I feel like for the next like two years, um, it's going to be like a therapy session. It's going to be like the exit interview from WWE. Um, you know, I mean, like, I think I think a little bit different than Moxley. You know, Gallows and Anderson, their personalities. I, uh, you know, I know I know uh, Gallows pretty well, um, having you know done, done stuff with him. I mean, they, they have a very they, they have different personalities. I think than what John Moxley does. They, they they don't mind some comedy. They don't mind some goofiness. Um, so I don't think they're necessarily as offended by some of the ridiculous by some of the comedy that that has probably been laid upon them or asked upon them. I think it's just a matter of like. You know, again, they they were pulled from Japan. I mean, they were they were at the height. They were at the the highest point in their careers, 
and were given a ton of money to come back to w- or in Gallo's case to come back for Anderson it was the first time to come to WWE, uh, which you know, ton of money. They got to go be back in the states, were you know near their kids every week. You know, uh, you know, like it was like, I think to them it's gonna be more bad. Like, you know, I think to them it's gonna be more baffling. Like they 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 they, pull, they gave us all this money and pulled us out of Japan exactly. Then just to do this with us, like at least at least Moxley, it's like you know he had to come up from developmental and kind of be created as a star under a new name of Dean Ambrose. But these guys, Gallows and Anderson were, were able to keep their names, uh, keep themselves a tag team, basically keep all their same moves, keep their, keep the two sweet, keep, you know, keep most everything except for being called bullet club. Um, and just squandered. I think that's, I think they're, I think they're, I think they're probably just gonna be more confused you know, or, or, than anything. I feel like they're going to be like, yeah, at least once a week we'd go up to, to Vince where the writers be like, Hey, you know, it'd be fun if like, we worked with AJ and Finn, right? Like, can, you know, can we consider maybe possibly doing, no? You want us doctors? Doctors it is. That's what we're doing this week. You know? Right. And, and, and with Gallows, it's especially interesting because, you know, again, he came back. So it's like, for, for the, you know, he and he had a good run the first time. You know, he was so young, you know, you know, he was so young, got to work with guys like Kane and Undertaker and, and you know, and CM Punk. And I was a big fan of his, like, if you actually look at WWE's track record in this era, when they've brought people back, it's actually worked out pretty well. And they've had, I mean, look, you know, Drew McIntyre come back. I mean, look, you know, Drew's had, had a, having a good run. Even Jinder Mahal, they bring Jinder Mahal back and he becomes a world champion of all things for, for a time. Um, you know, Matt Hardy comes back and, and, you know, you know, and then while, while Matt and Jeff, you know, his run has been up and down, at least, at least they came back to what I recall as the, one of the loudest pops I've ever heard in my life. Um, but you know, so Gallus comes back and it's just, 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 just nothing. It's just bizarre. Very weird. Well, uh, speaking of people that, uh, uh, speaking of comebacks, one person who's not going to be coming back here anytime soon, the Wrestling Observer reporting Lars Sullivan's MRI came back uh, last week and his knee injury worse than anticipated. He could be out six to nine months, um, but he would still be back in Wrestle- by WrestleMania season next year. Uh, very unfortunate. I commented on this earlier this week when there was rumors that we were going to get uh, a report like this. That uh, this It's weirdly, it reminds me of like karma. You know, uh, Awesome Kong, very short run, monster run, uh, taken off the, uh, taken off TV for reasons that you know she got pregnant. Um, but just different reasons here. But the tenure, the amount of time they spent on TV, similar to me. Yeah, this might be a blessing in disguise. I mean, you never want to see injuries, but uh, just with, you know, it was already mixed reaction to just you know the kind of the typical monster booking. I I, I kind of call it the Ryback booking. You know, just the. The, the monster booking and um and of course the controversy surrounding you know his past um his past uh, you know internet posts maybe this is you know maybe 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 a reset and let people forget about him let people let, let everybody just kind of almost almost try to just forget that he even had this you know there there was just all the sloppiness of Lars Sullivan's coming to, to 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 the main roster and then he didn't and there was the you know reports of anxiety or whatever that was and then he shows back up and it's the Ryback booking and there's oh by the way he said all these things on the internet once upon a time I think if we can almost I think if they can try to just forget about these last six months essentially of all that I just said that might be the best thing and maybe 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 they maybe they come up with a fresh idea come next year and again by next year as we've discussed who knows what what kind of battle mode they will or won't be in and uh, they might have uh, you know better better ideas for him so again hope 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 it all works out for him but you know maybe this is a blessing in disguise in the long run yeah uh agreed agreed uh they wanted to do lars sullivan cena this year i guess and it couldn't work out maybe 
Maybe they just are like, hey, you know what? Let's just do that. <laughs> Let's just wait till he comes back. He can attack Cena on TV. We'll, we'll work him into Mania season. Uh, speaking of uh, John Cena, ooh, bad transition, I guess. Nikki Bella, the Bella Twins. Uh, revealed, I know. Sorry. I was, I'm was. i so used to talking about them together. Sometimes I forget they're, they're not together anymore. Uh, but Nikki Bella, she revealed the following on Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, she was there alongside her sister promoting uh, their new podcast. Um, the results came back. Uh, oh, she said, had this to say about her retirement. The results came back, and I herniated the disc above where I had surgery. I have all this inflammation around uh, the metal, and then I have a cyst on my brain. So they're like, no, you're done. No more. Uh, she didn't have a choice, and that sucks. We knew about the, the herniated disc, uh, but uh, you brought this to my attention. She, she mentioned here that she has a cyst on her brain. That's terrible. Yeah, it's just scary. It was just kind of like, you know, she's yeah, she's rattling off things that you know that, that were keeping her from the ring and then that like the, then she just throws that one in there. Um yeah, scary stuff. I mean, you know, they're I mean the the I think they're, you know, like mid mid thirties. I don't you know, I don't think they're that old. They're definitely not forty, like the mid thirties or something like that. So that's scary stuff. Um you know, I mean I know the Bella Twins. I know I know the Bella Twins kind of, especially in the in the in the whole women's revolution the last couple of years, they were kind of seen as and even portrayed as such when when she uh, went against Ronda, you know, I know that they were kind of betrayed as like the old guard of what we need to get rid of the divas, so to speak. But I, I think, I think they, I think they embrace and played that heel role very well. But I, I always thought that, that some people were a little bit quick to not give them as much credit as they deserve because they, they really did starting as just, you know, twin models essentially who, who, who were just coming out in the, in the, in the brawn panties era. Um, I think I think both of them did pretty well evolving and growing to the best of their abilities, and and and, and then that's from that's from an in ring standpoint. And then I mean they their brands. I mean they are they're pretty savvy uh, businesswomen in terms of of the brands they've they've built. So uh, sad stuff to hear. Hopefully everything's okay with her in the long run. Yeah, she, well, she, I mean I'm guessing she's fine with it because the way she said it is just kind of like a huh? <laughs> one more thing, and then she was off to the next thing. You know, uh, didn't yeah. really dwell on it. Uh, also, in the world of women's wrestling, AEW to debut their women's championship at AEW's All Out later this year, later this summer in August, late August here uh, in Chicago. Very exciting to finally have uh, the women's championship title here, and it'll be a nice uh, swing from one thing to the next year as they uh, crown their first men's champion, and now they can probably put a little uh, attention on the women's division here uh, as they roll into their October debut on TNT. Very smart. I'm a fan of this. Yeah, and for all the belt title aficionados i'm sure we'll, we'll all be waiting waiting anxiously to see this see the design just hold the belt facing the camera that's all we brett that's all we ask just we got to see it it's beautiful <laughs> beautiful look great live uh, uh speaking of uh the women's division aew interesting note here sasha banks retweeted the latest road to fighter fest from aew it feature uh, this episode featured an old photo of her uh, and kind of a, a montage uh, with the uh, with the tag team private party, which is going to debut at Fighter Fest, which will be uh, next weekend. So yeah, ooh, stirring the pot here, Sasha Banks. Yeah, it's it's another big question mark. It's like, all right, she's either she's either just decided that she's going to work everybody real 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 aggressively, and and she you know they do have some kind of return plan for her in WWE, and and everything's you know been worked out, or she legit is just like, screw it, I'm. I'm I'm starting to make my bid for the, for for the next chapter uh, of 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 my career. I don't know. It's just it's a it's another another big mystery. And she's she's constantly posting photos and 
cryptic kind of captions and, and sentences. It's like this is. I mean, she really has me at least on 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 the guessing game of where the hell she's at right now. Um. Well, shifting gears, let's talk uh, real quickly about NXT. Uh, NXT uh, or per- NXT superstar, uh, former per- former performance center uh, wrestler, uh, Brendan Williams. Uh, NXT's Brendan Williams. New ring name. He will be Dio Madden. He tweeted out the four. He tweeted out the following: "Welcome to Madden Town." Uh, Brendan Williams is a former NFL offensive tackle. Uh, he played for the Houston Texans. I know this because. Uh, I follow the Texans. I'm from Houston. I'm a big Brendan Williams fan. I get it, right? Like, okay, if we let him call himself John Moxley, we'd be in this real precocious position. I, I, I definitely see the correlation of why everybody has brand new names. Nobody's coming from the Indies. But Brendan Williams is a known NFL football player. Why would you change this guy's name? I don't get it. Well, but it's not like, no, no disrespect to him. And Okay, so you're a Texans fan, but like, it's not like he was like, household name that every you know there's some obviously there's some nfl players that every sports fan knows you know it's not like this is rob gronkowski um so i i think you know yeah it's relevant in his past he's a football player but you know change his name it's you know give, give him a new identity here it's not like it's not like his name carries some kind of uh serious uh licensing value Brendan williams dude the guy the guy's a known like if amongst football fans they're like Brendan williams yeah he's an offensive tackle i know i know Brendan williams dude, was great on the texas right but i'm ta- i'm talking about but okay like again you can walk on the street right now. You, you could leave. You could leave your, your your studio. You could walk on the street. You could go to people that you know don't that that, that, that only watch the Super Bowl just because it's a social event. Let's say you know who Tom Brady is. Do you know who? Uh, and just rattle off like the household names. Brandon Williams is not such. So for the sports fans or the you know the regular football fans, yes, but. But to uh, just an everyday person, um, you know, yeah, change his name. It's fine. Dio Matt. It's just always going to be weird to me because I know his name. I'm like, that's not your name. You're not Dio Madden. I don't know. He's just so known as Brennan Williams. Weird one. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how known he. I, th- I think. I think you're. I think you're exaggerating how known he is. I, I don't know, man. It's it's, gotta be, it's it's weird for me. It's got to be weird for some other people as well. Just, 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 just take his jersey off and just move on. It's fine. Uh, I don't have a Williams jersey. Maybe I will go. See, get they, pro- they probably didn't. They probably didn't even make him and sell him. That that, show, that shows you where he ranks <laughs> in, the, in the thing. I'm tweeting you that they ex- have to exist. And you know what? Now I might get one. Just wear it around. Even the only, the only way they exist is if you got a custom made one. If you went through the custom, no. you know, custom maker jersey. It's wrong. It's rude. You're disparaging this man's career in the NFL when you say things. I'm like not that. disparaging. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just calling it like it is. Disparaging here, Brennan Williams. Jersey, let's see, let's see. I bet it comes. I bet it comes right up. Uh, okay, eBay. Okay, Texans jersey. Texans, eBay. Okay, yeah. Here we go. Oh, no wait. You're not gonna find any. Here we go. Okay. Well, this is a little harder to find right now. But you know what? So, oh yeah. Oh him. yeah. God forbid we change his name for the guy who's no. dirty. You can't find online. No, I'm. I'm telling you. Here, with these are these all these other guys. Here we go. Brendan. Well, he's not with the team anymore. That's why. Oh, Brendan. Uh, no, Brendan Scarlett's a different person. Look, regard. And I don't even know who this person is. Brendan Scarlett. I don't even know what's going on right now. Brendan Williams. No name. Commodity. Anyway, let's talk about movies chat about movies got two movie <laughs> stories here for you now first one <laughs> first one netflix and wwe studios have announced their first movie together it's gonna be called the main event it's gonna feature wwe superstars the miz kofi kingston sheamus and several others it's also gonna feature 
known actors, Seth Carr, Tisha Arnold, Ken Marino, and Adam Pauly. Uh, the synopsis for the film is after discovering a magical mask, an 11-year-old aspiring wrestler enters a competition to become the next WWE superstar. He's expected to premiere, It is expected to premiere on Netflix uh, sometime in 2020. Very cool. Netflix and WWE working together. Yeah, good for them. You like the story here about the kid finding a mask, mag- magic mask? No. You don't like that? On paper, I don't. But maybe, maybe, maybe they'll razzle dazzle me on the on the big screen. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm in a good mood. I'm warmed right now to children's movie. I watched Wreck It Ralph. Ralph wrecks the internet. Part two last night. It's really good. I never seen them. Um, I'm looking forward to Toy Story four. Okay, great. <laughs> Other movie news: <laughs> Bret Hart, <laughs> Bret the Hitman Hart. Uh, he's going to make his feature film debut in the upcoming movie, uh, independent movie, Tales from the Dead Zone, and he will co-star alongside Corey Feldman. Now, the movie is about a medical examiner conducting autopsies on victims of a horrible car crash who imagines how they may have lived their lives. The anthology links four terrifying stories together. Um, first of all, Bret Hart and Corey Feldman. Approve, disapprove. What do you think of this pairing? Who's Corey Feldman? Corey Feldman was in Stand By Me. Um, he was, I think he was, was he in The Outsiders? Uh, when he was a kid. He was like a child actor. Oh, okay. The two okay. Corys. There was Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. They were friends. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I have my sources, and, I, and I, I, I've been told that uh, Triple H already got an advanced screening of this movie, and Triple H reviewed it uh, four out of ten stars. Four out of ten. It's a funny joke there. I watched, Did you watch the trailer for this? Have you seen it? I have not. Is it worth it? I mean, you, you might enjoy it. I mean, it's Brett, like, brandishing a gun and, like, throwing the F word around. What did he do in the 90s? Was it Lonesome Dove? Uh, yeah, he did Lonesome Dove. He may have done uh, he, No, I think it was Lonesome Dove. I don't think he ever did Walker, Texas Ranger. Just Lonesome Dove. Maybe something else. Yeah, I remember his Lonesome I think it was, yeah. I remember, I remember him, like, in Western gear. He was Lonesome Dove, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Good for Brett. Uh uh, I, I'll check the trailer out because now that you did, you know him, 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 him waving a gun around you on the effort. At least that does at least pique my interest of of, of entertainment. Well, Kurt Angle just recently did this other indie movie. I talked to him about it. I forget what the name of it was, but it's like the yeah, same... the, yeah, like yeah. The the, the the Twitter account just started following me. I think. Okay, yeah, same thing. Kurt waving a gun, screaming the f word. Well, I don't know what it is. And like Brett, honestly, like in the in the in the trailer there, it's like some fire. I'm like good for Brett, you know. So. Yeah, well, maybe maybe uh maybe a whole new maybe a whole new door opening up. He played the genie one time in a a play about uh, an Aladdin in Aladdin up in Canada once. Oh, I did know that. I did know that. Um, I did. Know. He actually another thing. I think this was in, in Canada only. Uh, my buddy RJ City uh, actually did a, 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 a it was like a short that had uh, Brett and and I think Brett was actually like a masked wrestler and then he took his mask off backstage and gave you know nice old veteran words of wisdom. Bret Hart. Uh, most known luchador, very known luchador. <laughs> um, <laughs> known luchador, <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> what would his luchador name be? Uh, hit, hit. Uh, no, let's see. What's hit? What would be with Spanish for Hitman or Assassin? I don't know. I, I don't know. I took French. I'm not sure. I just I cartel Brett. Conan told this. <laughs> car, cartel Brett's pretty good. Uh, Pablo Hitman Hitman Hitmanano. No, that's terrible. That's not. 
Quick, we got to call Sam Elias and get a name. <laughs> these are bad. These are bad names. All right, last story here. Very positive one before we throw to the interviews. Uh, Darren Young, friend of the show, wasn't on the show that long ago. Uh, he popped up backstage at SmackDown to take a Gay Pride Month uh, photo with his friend Sonya Deville. Very nice, uh, empowering photo backstage. Happy to see Darren. Still on good terms with the company. I mean, this dude is still in great shape. Definitely can go, um, you know, but uh, just great to see him back there with Sonya. I'm a big fan of Darren Young. You know, uh, you know, echo everything you just said there. Uh, with with Sonya, I love the whole hair up, square up. I, I've been a fan of, of of her work as we see her more and more, and they get more chances. And she is smoking hot. Too bad that I'm not her deal. I guess at this time we'll face Brian Cage for the Impact Wrestling Championship on Sunday, July 7th at Impact Slammiversary 17. He is also currently in New York for the upcoming Impact TV tapings at the Melrose Ballroom. It is Big Mike Michael Elgin. Michael, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, before we get to, to everything else here and talk about your time so far in Impact, you are here in New York. What are your expectations for uh, the big tapings this weekend? You know, uh, I've been saying it pretty steadily. Uh, I'm going out there to have the best matches possible. I don't know who I'm wrestling, um, but I know that I'm going out there with a chip on my shoulder, and I want to have the best matches of the weekend. So I hope that everybody's paying attention because I know everybody on our roster is hungry. Everybody on our roster wants to be seen and wants to have the best matches, and they know I'm coming in to try and have the best matches. So that means they're going to up their game too. So... I think that uh, if you're in New York or have the ability to make it to New York this Thursday or Friday for our TV tapings, you're going to want to be there because you're going to see some special matches. You know, it's interesting you say you feel like you've got a chip on your shoulder. I feel like that's been a lot of wrestlers as of late. You know, why for you, why do you feel you've got a chip on your shoulder, Mike? Well, you know, I I left New Japan because I wanted more opportunities in singles matches. Um, I feel that my creativity in wrestling has come through my in-ring work. And I think that with Impact, I have the ability now to talk more than I did with New Japan and even more so than with Ring of Honor. But for so many years, my focal point has been, what do I do in the ring? What can I do in the ring to get people excited, enticed, and uh, enthralled in my matches? How can I get people to talk about what I'm doing within the in-ring? So that's been my main focus. And now I'm getting the opportunity to have more big-time singles matches. And I think already in a short time, I've been with Impact. You know, I had a three with with Johnny Impact and Pentagon, and people really liked that. I had the singles match with Rich Swan, and then I had the tag team match teaming with Johnny Impact against uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan. And it seems that people have really liked those matches and enjoyed the product that we're putting out. So I think that now's the time to shine. I think now with the landscape of wrestling, there's so many great wrestlers out there. There's so many options for people to watch that you have to have those type of matches that people talk about to pay attention to the product. And not only do I want them going out and seeking my matches, but I want them to seek out Impact. I want them to watch the weekly television. I want them to watch all of our Impact Plus shows. I want them to watch all the pay-per-views. And I think that if I can have that chip on my shoulder, go there and have the best match possible, and you're seeing a month where there's, you know, AEW has their first pay-per-view, and WWE has pay-per-views, and New Japan has these big shows, and then Impact has these big shows, and there's matches from every company being touted, then you get that's where you get in where all the wrestling fans are like, damn, I can't miss a single company because everybody's just firing on all cylinders. So, you know, I want to make sure that impact is at the forefront. And I also want to make sure that if you're talking about a Cody Rhodes against Dustin Rhodes, well, you're talking about Michael Elgin and Rich Swan as well. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, it's interesting that you 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 know, so so wonderfully paint the picture of 
uh, the current wrestling landscape here right now. Like you noted, you're a former Ring of Honor champion. You have, you know, I, we'd heard rumors that maybe you were chatting with WWE. I mean, what ultimately led to you deciding to choose Impact Wrestling, and, and were you entertaining offers elsewhere? Uh, I, the only offer I will say for sure that I was entertaining was there was a New Japan offer on the table, and uh, I, I read over it, but I don't think I was I was willing to stay. Okay. Um, I, I think I knew I was leaving, and um, you know, not to go into names, but there was a, a few offers that I was uh, looking at, and because there was offers I was looking at, I was, just went back and kind of watched everything. I watched, you know, pay-per-views, TV. I watched internet shows, just stuff that um, for each offer that I had, I wanted to see where everything was going with those companies and really get it strong in my mind to make a decision. And Impact Wrestling stood out to me. I thought that the focal point was wrestling. And all my life, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. You know, there's nothing against sports entertainment. Uh, there's nothing against sports entertainers. But to me, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I don't remember a time growing up I ever told somebody, I'm going to be a sports entertainer. I told him I was going to be a pro wrestler, and I think that Impact's product focuses on pro wrestling. What do you think? I that... think they focus on uh, the championships being meaningful, and to me, that's pro wrestling. So that was the place to go. You answered my question there. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, who was it from Impact that first approached you and made the case for that you should be a part of the company? Well, you know, I always just talked to Don and Scott here and there as friends, and. Uh, I would watch their product here and there, and I would just reach out and say, hey, man, like your guys' stuff is, is really good. And um, there wasn't really uh, too much of an approach. You know, my contract was coming up, and I just said, you know, my contract's coming up. I like the product there. Um, if you guys are interested in talking. And they said, yep, we were just waiting to see when when you could be free to talk. So I guess there was interest, but, you know, as, as friends, we didn't want to trample on any deals I had prior with New Japan and didn't want to uh, neither one of us wanted to abuse that friendship of talking business when we were just you know kind of shooting the crap yeah that's very John Moxley of you I think that's the exact same way he said he, he left the WWE um, you know what what led to you though immediately getting inserted into Impact's main event picture here when you came out and laid out uh, your former tag team partner Brian Cage at Rebellion you know uh, I said it through Impact it wasn't personal. It wasn't because it was Brian. It was all about the world championship. You know, if Johnny Impact had a left rebellion as world champion, well, he would have been laid out. You know, I uh, being a world champion should mean something. Being a world champion means that you're the flagship of that company. Being world champion, to me, means you're the best wrestler in that company. And that's what I want to prove. I want to prove that you can you can put me at the head of a company and I'm going to lead us into the future. I want to be the best wrestler where I am and that's what I'm going to work towards. So um, it was all about the world championship and had zero to do with Brian Cage. Do you feel bad about hitting him with that power bomb, knowing now how much pain he was with the injury he had suffered at rebellion? Uh, you know, yes and no. Yes. Cause uh, as, as wrestlers, we're all, we're all brothers. We're all family. And, uh, you never want to see somebody get hurt, but in the same token, you know, the only person looking out for me is me, and I had to look out for me. Yeah, um, and talk to me a little bit, because I, I actually talked to Cage a couple weeks ago, and I know you guys have some history together, but on your end, talk to me about your history with Cage and kind of where your relationship with him stands these days. You know, uh, yeah, we we just kind of gravitated towards each other, the shows we're on, because we were two guys that loved working out, uh, loved the same style of wrestling, 
and just would always talk about working out and uh, power spots and stuff like this and just shared a lot of the same uh, ideas within wrestling and outside of wrestling and stuff. And, you know, we would go and eat together and and, uh, go out and get lifts together. And uh, there was truly a friendship. And as I said, it's not personal when it comes down to now. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with the world championship. It sucks that we were once friends, you know, and maybe one time again we will be friends. But as long as he's champion, I want the championship. Uh, Now, you brought up earlier the matches you've had here with Johnny Impact uh, so far in Impact Wrestling. Um, What do you think of the uh, the current darker, uh, more dickish Johnny Impact that we are getting these days? You know, uh, I I think that uh, he's shown his true colors. And that's fine. Um, and he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, which he's not. So I just let him say what he has to say and think what he wants to think and act how he wants to act and know that, like I just said, uh, the only person that's going to look out for me is me. So anything I do has nothing to do with Johnny Impact. It has to do with me. But I think we're all seeing his true colors. Yeah, well, you know, you uh, you are going here into the main event picture for the world title against Cage at Slammiversary. Johnny now taking his ultimate X uh, win. He's going to be going up against Rich Swan for the X Division Championship. You know, you're in Impact now. The X Division's so synonymous with that company. You're there in the main event picture, but do you have any interest in possibly competing in the uh, the X Division as well? I do. You know, I think that the X Division was such a kind of standard bearer for the company and really put eyes on the company. So uh, I think that the first goal is world championship, and then whoever uh, whoever is going to be X Division champion after Slammiversary, maybe I'll go after it and uh, be double champion. Yeah, well, you are a big man. It's in your name, Big Mike, right? You're big. You know, what are your thoughts on an Ultimate X match, though? If you were going into that X Division, do you feel like you could comfortably compete in a bout like that? Yeah, I, I think I can. I, I think I've trimmed up and, and really uh, been at the top of my game and in great condition, and um, I think that think that I'm ready. Okay. Uh, well, I want to switch gears here a little bit. You know, I want to get back to your transition here from from New Japan to Impact. You're obviously a very you know very different company. How does Impact's kind of creative and managerial structure compare to what you were used to dealing with uh, in your former company over at New Japan? You know, the, the, the only real difference is, is that there's not a strong language barrier, you know. It was pretty open with with New Japan to talk, but the problem was um, I don't think they listened due to the language barrier. You know, they heard you, but they didn't quite listen and didn't take some of your ideas into play, and I think that's a big difference of why I, I'm so happy at Impact. I don't care whether they take what I say and utilize it. But as long as they hear it out and explain why they don't think that works and why they think what they're saying works, that's all I need. You know what I mean? Because then I I start to get in the mindset, okay, you know what, that does work that way. So how do I help make it work that way instead of like, you're just doing this? Well, why? I don't. You're just doing that, and then you kind of, you know, when you're told to do something and not explained it, sometimes you're always back against the wall trying to trying to fight it a little bit, trying to resist. Because as I said, you, the only person that's going to look out for you is you. And I feel with Impact, it's a real team effort. And not that it wasn't in Japan. It's just a different team atmosphere than it was. You know, um, everybody's a leader, and everybody's capable of of giving some input and everybody's capable of of um 
dispersing responsibility in the same book, and we also know that there's one person that has final say, and that's good. That That's what wrestling needs. If there's too many people running around, they can just do whatever they want. It never leads to, to a good product, and I think that's where Impact's set. And in the same token, you know, New Japan had that one final say, but I just feel that when you had ideas, they didn't get listened to. I got you. Yeah. You know, uh, were you surprised when you woke up this morning and saw the news that John Moxley had captured one of their titles overnight? No, no, not not at all. Actually, um, that was you know, um, I hate. I want to preface this and say that I'm not saying that anybody is better than the John Moxleys or Chris Jericho's. I'm not saying that they don't deserve the notoriety they're getting or to go into New Japan and get seated in the huge matches right away because of their past and because of how many eyes they can put on the product. But New Japan has been a very like, oh, these are the new toys. Let's play with them. So once I, I heard John Moxley was going, uh, I I kind of was like, okay, well, I, I know what's going to happen type thing. So it wasn't really a shock uh, to wake up to that news. Okay, cool. Well, I'll wrap it up here. You know, Mike, you, uh, you are so active uh, all over the country. You know, you've been, you're with Impact now, but you do a lot of independent shows as well. You know, like you talk about, everybody needs to tune in to every show to see who's going to be going where, when, and what's going down. You know, what are some of the other promotions and talents out there that you'd like to see Impact uh, working with at the moment? Well, promotions, I'm not sure, but talent-wise, I would love, and and I've told them multiple times, and I'm going to keep telling them, and I'm going to say it on as many interviews as I can to hope that enough people bug them that they do it, but I think A.R. Fox and Jason Kincaid need Mm. to be part of Impact Wrestling. Good picks. I'm a big A.R. Fox fan. That's a good one. I haven't heard anybody bring him up yet when I asked that Oh, question. I'm a huge A.R. Fox fan. Are you familiar with Jason Kincaid at all? He did some Evolve work recently in, yeah. in DDT in Japan. I think he is special. He's unique and special and so talented. One of my favorite people to wrestle. And I think him in the mix with the Ace Austins and the Rascals and, and like those scramble matches we've been putting on, he would be unbelievable and would be a great guy to have in, in the X Division right now. You know, it, uh, I guess I'll, I'll sneak one more here. And, you know, you, you talk about how great additions they would be. You know, I think to myself, you know, the tag division right now is being reset a bit in Impact Wrestling. You know, once you and Cage are done going at each other's throats, would you, uh, would you also like to take a stab at uh, facing off against some of the tag teams that Impact Wrestling has at the moment? Absolutely. As I said, you know, this wasn't personal for me. It was about the world championship. It didn't matter who the world champion was. I was coming out and staking my claim for the championship. So um, if he doesn't take it personal after Slammiversary, I have no problem team with him, but that's on him. Yeah. And oh, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, you're a powerful man. There's a powerful woman in Impact Wrestling as well, Jordan Grace. What do you think of the uh, very vibrant women's pro wrestling scene that Impact Wrestling is offering up right now to fans? I think it's great, you know, and I think Jordan is is awesome. I think she's doing great stuff, and uh, a lot of people want to see her, and rightfully so. I think she's a hard worker and has been great in the ring and, and does some amazing stuff. And as a whole, I think that that our our, uh, our women's division has been fantastic. And uh, I think that this is the place that women are going to want to be because I think we don't we don't fear intergender either. So yeah. I think that that's going to be something that we're going to have that most places won't that are on TV. So I think I think this is going to be a, a real destination for the rest of 2019 and 2020, especially for the women. I dig it. All right. Hey, Mike, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today for the Winkley. Is there any place uh, you want to plug online to find you, follow you, all those good things? 
yeah, you know, follow me over on Twitter at MikeLogan25. I talk a lot of wrestling there and uh, on Instagram at Big Mike Impact, and I talk wrestling, but also uh, my new love of, of sneakers is, has been uh, at the forefront on Instagram. So please uh, go over and check those out. And if you don't want to check those out, at least uh, follow Impact on on social media platforms. Check out their Twitch channel. Check out their new Impact Plus app and uh, just uh, support pro wrestling. <laughs> All right, so we're here at StarCast. You're here with your husband, Brian Cage. My hubby, yes. So what is it like to kind of be here together and celebrate pro wrestling and see all the fans in Vegas? Um, it's awesome. More wrestling on TV, more more wrestling everywhere. That, that's what we're celebrating. So it's, it's nonstop. And you're yeah. part of uh, Impact Wrestling right now, who's ha- who also has had their own kind of growth spurts here in the last couple of months. It's grown. Um, as far as getting awareness and trying to do your thing, um, it's a very competitive market right now. So how do you think Impact Wrestling is doing right now and kind of separating themselves from everyone? I think they're definitely revamping, um, and uh, if you will, and um, adding uh, a new, I don't know, like flair to the, the product, if you will. And clearly you, you talked about uh, there's definitely been some growth. Well, they had this big guy who just uh, showed up. Definitely growth on that end. Um, he was X Division champion, now he's um, the Impact champion, so uh, there's definitely growth there. I think he's represented, I mean, not just because he's my, you know, soon-to-be husband and the father of my child, but he's incredible talent, and he's just one of the many talents that they've uh, brought on this, you know, just past this past year, past, I want to say, 18 months. It's been very, very different. How hard is it to be on the road? You know, you have a child at home. Both of you have the same career, demanding schedule, but you're we able to do it too. We talked about this, right? Yeah. We have, well, we talked about like, do- okay, so we, I, I'm a big, I'm a dog mom as well, but we talked about how you have your doggies too, and how they're your t- children, and definitely feel, uh, you know, like my, my doggies are my children, and I had issues with my dog, like, who's gonna babysit my baby? Who's gonna ba- who's baby? Who's going to babysit her? And now I have an actual human baby. And that gets to be a little bit difficult at times um, to kind of get my schedule to correlate with the sitter, which the sitter is my mom. She's the only person who would watch my baby. Um, and But it works out. So she, it just, it's somehow, you, you, you creatively do things in a different way. That's all. You just have to be creative. And, uh, you know, an impact you're doing the backstage interviews. Um, is there anyone that you, like, really enjoy to work with that's just, like, so easy to flow with and you have a good rapport with? Um, gosh, I, I love working with everyone I someone who I think really flows two girls that I feel like flow incredibly well and this is not to downplay anyone else's flow when we're back there um, uh, uh, Tessa Blanchard has a great flow to her she's like she goes in she does a, her, her promo and it's done it's like a, a one shot just boom right and there are other people that take, have to take a little bit longer to, to do their promos not saying that that's bad it's just it's it's kind of like being at, like a rapper, right? And you're told like, and they, they could just rap out of nowhere. You just give them like a, a topic and they just do it, right? Tess is one of those people. Like, okay, well, this is what it's about, you know, and go. And she does it and she's like, okay. And that's it. And you're like, wow, not only is she incredible in the ring, she's incredible at like just flowing and doing these promos. Also, Madison Rain is amazing. She's really good. You can just see like it's so natural and you can see everything kind of working and all her expressions are incredibly like organic and nothing is truly thought out besides like the idea of what she's going to go in there and say and that's it so Tessa and Blanchard and Madison have that very much similarity and it's in, it's enjoyable to watch that because me organically I can respond to that and everything that I'm you know my expressions are organically just coming from them flowing right so it's like two actors working together if someone's just kind of like 
flat face and not doing anything, it's hard for you to like pull because you need that other person in order to bring emotion. They do it really, really well. And then you're, um, you know, you're doing the Twitch uh, in between commercial breaks. Um, it's kind of fun to see, like you're at home, like everybody else is watching along. It's such a unique experience, something that no other wrestling company is really doing. Yeah. Um, kind of, how do you think you've kind of grown in the role and kind of, you know, it's kind of play it by ear because it's not really been done. Usually there's, there could be like technical difficulties. You could have okay. people randomly walking around, you know, showing up. You could have babies crying. You could have everything. So. Apparently, yeah. Um, so the first couple of weeks, definitely baby crying. We have that a little bit more under control now. Um, we, get, we get a sitter to, to make sure she's corralled during that time. But, you know, that's just... That's just the way, you know, that's going to function for now is because I'm doing it from home, right? Or I'm doing, in this case, I'm going to be doing it from my hotel room here today. So um, it depends on where I'm at. Many times I'm actually on set shooting Impact, and then when I'm done shooting Impact, then I go in and then I switch over and I start doing the Twitch. Uh, but it's fun. I like how organic it is. I have fun with people. I mean, you have the occasional wrestling troll that gets online and goes, is that a baby in the background? I'm like, absolutely. I'm a mom. I mean, fun, I mean, I that's that's a baby. If you have a problem with the baby, then <laughs> well, I can't help you with that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I and I and I I've been known to you know. I don't want to say clap back, but yeah, I clap back. I, I'm very defensive of the things I love. I love Impact. I love what, what they're doing, and I'm always going to defend the product, and I get to do that on Twitch, and it's so much fun. Most fans, 99.999% of fans are all, all for it, and it's great to be able to interact with them on the chat rooms and get a feel of what it is that they're liking, what they're not liking, um, genuinely, uh, um, I think, catering to the fan, like the true, true Impact fan. So. Do you, do you see yourself wanting to wrestle again? I mean, you did so well in Lucha Underground. Uh, absolutely. I originally started wrestling in this industry before I uh, my body doesn't allow me to do any of the, the bumping, right? My bump card is gone. I still I have a lot I have a lot of bumps to fill in that card still. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to, definitely. Right now I have, um, you know, I just had ACL surgery, so I can't really do anything for, for a little bit of time. Um, so I want to say probably like seven months, but I actually... This happened training, so I got back into training and then boom, snapped it. I took a bad step, but that's just the way life is, and you just keep going with the, you rolling with the punches, literally, yeah, and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see Vampiro across the way here. Yeah. I mean, you have such a bond with the yeah. Lucha Underground. Yeah. Do you see it coming back? And you, I mean, what are your hopes? Oh what you, man. What do you think the future holds for that show? I just told Brian on the way over here that I miss Lucha Underground. Um, uh, the product is still there. It's still. I don't want to say it's dead, completely dead, because there's obviously talks, and I still work with AAA, I still work with Impact, and Impact, you know, works with AAA. Everybody's kind of working with each other, right? So um, we ideally would want something like that for Lucha in the future. Uh, however, it, Lucha was a different product. It was TV. That alone made it, like it's a, I mean, not saying that it's not TV, but it's just being treated like a television show, um, and it was being produced by a television um, MGM, so it's a little bit different. There were a little bit of too many, I want to say too many cooks in the kitchen at the time. Um, I think once, I, I, I really feel, hopefully, um, that once that gets kind of dialed in, it could it could be handled in a, in a better way because I feel like people deserve to watch Lucha Underground. It's a great product. Not Again, not just because I was on it, I just think it was so different. There's, It's a different type of wrestling, right? So like even I had friends who didn't really watch wrestling since they were kids. That started watching it because it was like a television show, right? So they're like, "Oh, this is this is different. It has wrestling in it, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." So I feel like it, it grabbed different eyes that would have normally just 
jumped on television and watched wrestling on their own, I guess, if you will. So, yeah. Uh, Last I know you mm -hmm. mentioned that uh, outside of wrestling, you also are continuing on. I mean, I know we talked to you before about Celebrity Apprentice a couple of years ago. <laughs> now you're kind of branching out and doing some Again, movies. yeah. So, so I just um, shot a movie called Desert Moon. I was actually looking for the working title of it because it does change a little bit. Um, I got to shoot with uh, some cool scenes with Richard Graco. I don't know if you remember Richard Graco from, like, um, the original 21 Jump Street. He's done some stuff. He actually just did a movie with The Rock. So I got to go, I got to work and do a horror film. And um, the director's name, let me see if I, he's actually um, a big wrestling fan. He should be out here right now. But um, who I worked with directly, not, sorry, the writer. The director is who brought me on. And his name is Tom, uh, Thomas Haley. But um, the, the writer, I'm not sure. That's the name of it right away. But he's awesome. I play actually a news reporter, kind of, which is a, kind of not a horrible stretch from what I do here. Um, but uh, she's she's kind of like the Courtney, I'm a Courtney Cox from like Scream. She plays that kind of like inquisitive, like just trying to get into things that she shouldn't be doing. I, um, you know, I won't tell you what happens at the end of the movie, but hopefully I come back for the for the next one, for the sequel. But it's so there's going to be a sequel too? I mean, ideally, that's what, that would be the thing, yeah. So, so where can people find more information on that? Just you follow can you actually on media. follow me on social media um, and follow, I need, again, it's a working title. They just started a... But I'm sure you'll... Yeah, absolutely. I'm posting. Desert Moon will be the ideal. Later this year, you think? It's going to be beginning of next year. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. Thanks so much for your time. I okay, really appreciate thank you. it. Thank I'll let you get back it. to it. Good meeting you. Good seeing you again. Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me at the new for the news at the top of the show. Thank you to Michael Elgin. Thank you to Melissa Santos and Scott Fishman for going out and getting that interview. Uh, and thank you all for listening. If you like the show, uh, please go over to our iTunes page. Five star ratings, nice comments, uh, always appreciated. We will be back here, uh, Wrestling Inc. Audio uh, on iTunes. You can check us here uh, and on YouTube. Following stomping grounds for our post show discussion. And, uh, of course, tomorrow, Friday, the latest episode of Winkly TV, the video version of the podcast. Uh, it is going to be over on the Ringside Wrestling app. It airs at 2 p.m. Uh, Michael Weissman has joined me the last two weeks, but Raj Geary is back from vacation. He will be in the co-host seat. Um, we're going to talk the top five stories of the week and give our quick pick uh, predictions for WWE Stomping Ground. Also, uh, our own Joey G., uh, who's gone out? He covered uh, the uh, Vegas uh, event for the uh, Double or Nothing ticket release party or whatever. Uh, he's gone out in the field. He's done stiff stuff for us. He wound up getting a chance to sit down with PJ Black in person for a video interview, uh, about 15 minutes long. So after we do all of our uh, news talk and we talk, uh, give our predictions, we are also going to treat you guys to a great interview that our own Joey G conducted with Ring of Honor's PJ Black. Um, and uh, with that, Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show? Uh, follow me on social media at Justin Labar, and uh, I'll be gone next week, Nick. I'll be in Orlando all week, so don't let this, uh, don't let the wheels fall off this bus. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. So, do you want to know who's who's going to be sitting in for you? I have special retro guests, or actually, not retro guests. One of them's a retro guest. Who? So on Wednesday of next week, uh, you will be uh, replaced by Chris Van Villet, who has been doing all of the big interviews out in the field as of late, like our own Joey G. Uh, and then on Thursday, uh, sitting in for you will be uh, retro co-host, former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas. So those are the people I got to sit in for you while you while you're not here. I want to give both of them a call as soon as we get done here. Make sure they uh, they, they 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 don't they don't soil my my co-host chair. Make sure they, they do justice. Shake down Corderas. He's yeah, he's a he's a he's a pro wrestling referee. I hear those guys are crooked crooked refs. <laughs> 
Uh, I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.